It is better to stand and fight. If you run, you'll only die tired. Hello, and welcome to episode, uh, I don't even know. Let's see, it looks like 493 of Under the Cull of MS, possibly. I don't know, I gotta check that out. It's been a while since I did an audio version, audio segment, so I got my numbers a little bit off, but I think I'm right, so it should be 493, we're almost up to 500. Today's going to be a, a little little comics, a little bit health, a little bit of whatever. And we have a big stack of comics to get through, so hopefully we'll do a few segments this week to get those cleaned up. And then we can get back to a fresh start of reading some comics that we might actually remember what we read, because it's been a while with these. Because I was playing chauffeur for everybody and had lots of stuff going on, so... I got lots of reading done during those things, and we'll hopefully be able to remember what they were about when we talk about them. Starting out with number one of 12, The Batman and Scooby-Doo Mysteries from DC Comics. This is racing back into action. They had their original run, now they got a new run out, and I decided to jump on it because I loved the first run. And now I lost my comic shop, so I kind of fell off the run. <laughs> I didn't get my second issue, which they had on their shelf. I don't know why it wasn't in my sub-stack. But who knows? I'll have to find it at another shop, I guess, because they're closed now. Sadly. The 221 Comics in West Bend didn't last but a few months, and I wish they would have been around at least through the holidays and gave it a shot. What you going to do? Running a business is a bitch. Especially this day and age with the cost of rent and everything. It is crazy. But we get our fun characters. Our Scooby gang. Our bat crew. Kind of in a ghost town atmosphere, dealing with some of the ghosts. And we happen to see some of the other Batmen appear and help them out along the way. And it's interesting seeing these different characters and what's going on with them. And it's Batman characters that I don't know anything about. I know I have like the League of Batman books and stuff, but I just never read them. So I, I should actually sit down and check those out someday. But this is a nice fun story of kind of like the League of Batman helping out and working with the current Batman and Robin and all the characters. And then, of course, the Scooby gang helping them out also along the way. And at the same time, we have some, another like Green Lantern Alliance story. It's a sneak peek in the back of the book that, I don't know, 
it doesn't really give us a ton of information on these new characters. I have never seen them before. So until I know more, it's not. Not much I can really. Uh, give a concept off or anything. I do like the. They have a Green Lantern, a Flash character in here that I've never seen before, and other characters, but those characters I'd like to know more about. But we'll have to see what happens in the future if I check out anything that's related to them or those characters. Another new revamp, redo. And Wesley's out of jail, so he can start working on the stuff again. <laughs> but we have Blade Vampire Nation by Marvel Comics, number one. Eric Brooks is a half-human, half-vampire hybrid known as Blade. He possesses vampiric strength, senses, and longevity, but is able to withstand daylight. Blade has dedicated his long life to battling supernatural evils both on his own and as a member of the Mighty Avengers. Dracula formed a nation of vampires in Chernobyl, over which he rules. The UN and the Avengers agreed to recognize the new nation's sovereignty only under the condition that Blade serve as the sheriff enforcing law and order among the vampire citizens against Dracula's wishes. This is by Mark Russell, Dave Wachter, and a variety of other comic book-related people. It's basically that you're seeing this new world in Chernobyl that's split up between zones called Stravmore, Vampirsk, Dragul, and of course you got the Chernobyl power plant. But these different factions have things going on where they had a, a hit put on Dracula which just so happens when they open up the coffin, it's not Dracula that's in this secure coffin. And these coffins are highly secured. It's cool how they did that. But you'll have to read it to find out what they did with it. But it makes sense finally having some type of security to protect you when you're taking a deep, long, few hundred year, years sleep. You never know what you're going to wake to, what kind of world. So you got to have some type of protective things out there. So people just don't take your coffin, wrap it up in chains, and throw it in the ocean. or Who knows what someone would do to you if they found out that your coffin contains a vampire. But yeah, there's Blade has to deal with some different entities in here that and find out who's behind the new killings and what's going on vampires of course are getting thirsty for more and more human blood 
and you keep producing vampires, you gotta have food for the beast, and we just so happen to be their food, so that's not a good thing when you get knocked down on the the pecking order. Next up, we have Bill and Ted Presents Death. I like the death character. I like how they pick on him all the time. They mess with him. But this shows us the death character trying to come up with a, his fix his solo issues. He wants to play his badass solo, but he's just not getting the so sounds that he wants. So he decides to do a little time travel. And hook up with some composers from the past because he seen what happened with Bill and Ted. And so he's going to do this. Well, at the same time, his music may wake a giant lumbering beast. May cause other issues with people. And it's just a fun Fun Bill and Ted style story. Then we get Rufus at Death's Door. A little bonus story in the back. Where Rufus is on his deathbed. And everybody does some stuff to help Rufus out in a way. For his legacy and his siblings and all that. We also get Station in here, which made me happy. I love seeing that character in the storylines. And it's just, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I just pick up the random one-shots for Bill and Ted now. After getting disappointed when I picked up the two storylines and they ended up changing the story completely. That drove me nuts. So I'll stick with the one-shots. That way I get the characters I want and I get fun little stories that have a completion to them. I don't have to worry about them going on to some weird... Weird change it up. Let's make society happy by making our characters who they want us to make them or whatever. And We can't have our original stuff. It's not good enough for the new generation of readers. They want change so we gotta change everything and that just yeah takes away from the people that supported you for years sometimes when you change things up too much and it just can really really hurt you in the long run i learned that the hard way through having restaurant businesses and bar businesses and you start changing prices and products and recipes and menu ideas things can hurt you in the long run but we checked out do a power bomb number five and six. And here our tag team goes into the final battles and can't give away what happens, but yeah, they there's some brutal battles throughout these two issues that we get to see. Lots of uh hardcore match style fighting. So if you like that, you'll love these stories. And uh, 
there's some fun twist in what's going to happen and who they're going to battle throughout these and what's going to happen with uh, the resurrection. Who's going to... Who are they going to find if they do win and get the resurrection rights? Or who's going to win the resurrection rights and who are they going to resurrect? Are there going to be battles beyond this? Are they going to be screwed over? You got to read these to find out. But if you're missing out on this storyline, it's basically a family trying to bring the family back together and... battling other people from other universes along the way a unique fun look at the whole wrestling atmosphere and that of course is done by image comics and daniel warren johnson and mike spencer or spicer i mean sorry about that have control of that and they're doing a wonderful job next we got i hate fairyland or fuck Fairyland, depending on which covers you buy. I went with the second one. These are also by Image Comics. Scotty Young's little hands have control of these, and they are so much fun. If you've never come across these, I suggest checking them out. They're also drawn by Brett Bean and colors by Jean Franco's Bellu. Uh, but you basically have this Gertie character that hates Fairyland, and she is back in the real world. Dealing, well, it's the Fairyland world that she's stuck in, but it's kind of a non-Fairyland aspect of it, kind of that real world feel to it. But it takes us into her being sucked back into the fairyland world and going back to deal with all her enemies along the way. And it should be a blast. But this is issue one and many more to come. So check those out. Also, if you want some great uh, comedic fun, check out Harley Quinn, the animated series. The Real Sidekicks of New Gotham Special Number 1 by DC Comics. You get a variety of mini stories in here with a constant jumping back and forth to a Tawny Talks type character that gives you that uh, feel of, oh, damn it, I can't think of her name that has a talk show. Art Baltazar likes her. But, uh, Yeah, this Tawny Tox character feels like that. Like her, kind of, a combination of her and Oprah and Ellen and a lot of the female talk show hosts. Just a big crossover between them all. But throughout these... You got Double Date, where we get to see a variety of female characters hooking up, going out on a date, and some 
hilarity ensues throughout their date that they have to deal with. And it's just fun watching what happens and who deals with what and what comes across their lap. We get Jazz Up a Jesus Gotham Cleanup in I with Batgirl in Identity Crisis. She's doing a kind of cleaning up a park, cleaning up the environment. And at the same time, I mean, we got new versions of our characters that we're getting to see. We get a Riddler's daughter and stuff with Batgirl that are all different characters that are uh, taking over this these roles. Uh, a whole new generation of these characters. I there's moments where I look at Batgirl and I'm like, is that Squirrel Girl under that mask? <laughs> but, yeah, it's... And every time they go back to the talk show, it's just fun watching all the things that are happening because it plays off the story that happened and then it brings them up to date and we get to see what happens from there. We got Clayface in Showtime, where Clayface is having all kinds of issues, and he's trying to deal with his stardom while at the same time finding out that he's got a part of himself that's been lost for years and is back, and that part's living on its own and <laughs> it's just a fun way to see the new Clayface character that we'll be dealing with in the future, I assume, which is Clayface's daughter. It's like everybody's having a daughter. And it's like, are there going to be any more male characters in the superhero realm? Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not seeing much promising for it but, uh, we'll just have to see what comes of it all but every time i see a new character it's another female character which i have no problem with i'm enjoying them uh we get oh what's his name the short little magician type character I got missile plick stuck in my head, and that's not it. But him, Joker, King Shark, they work together. And they have a fun horror story crossover that they deal with. And it's just... You also get to meet... The little guy's son in here, so I mean, there is a there's a male character for the future, but it's a 
fun story about loss and a lot of fun stories about loss and love and getting back together and we end it with a joker story then these are these run off the uh harley quinn animated series which you can find on i believe hobo max and it's just a blast so if you're missing out on any of that, you can at least get caught up in the comics. They have quite a few different ones out there related to the series right now. And then we got six of six of the Jurassic League. We finished this storyline up finally, which I'm glad. I was wanting to see some finalization of it. I'm not going to give it away. You go into the big battle. Between Jokerzard and, uh, was it Darkhold, uh, or, or Darkylaseed, I guess his name is. Darkylaseed, Darklyseed. And then, of course, our Batman, Superman, Flash, Wonder Woman type characters, dinosaur characters. Fighting for the humans and the humans fighting alongside them, helping them battle away. And Green Lantern character, basically the Justice League all thrown into a Jurassic environment. And they're battling Darkseed, basically a Darkseed style character. And this finished up the story and I can't give away who wins or what happens. You're going to have to read that yourself to find out. Then we got Masquerade number two and three from Kevin Smith, which I didn't care much for the first one. These last two or these next two got better. I enjoyed these more. Uh, Our character has lots of issues as well as the, people around them and we're learning more about these characters but I can't remember what the and one gal is basically hunting our masquerade character is basically hunting a group of people that done her wrong and she's getting her payback along the way. And they're basically people that have no moral judgment, people that will torture, kill, do whatever they want to. People that they consider lesser than them and uh, abuse them and she's getting payback for that. And she's a fun character. I like where it's going, but I think it's only a four issue. So I think we only have one issue left. But we will see what happens with our unique being. Our leather-clad warrior. (laughs) Uh, Let's see how much time we got left here. I think we can do Mr. Easter. This is a rabbit in another world. 
from Scout Comics. Another universe, another planet. His job is finding and killing individuals from all corners of the universe. He's got like this weird hand that's kind of like an alien hand that can turn into weaponry, which is cool. But yet having a living alien being on your arm would kind of be annoying. And we meet all kinds of weird and goofy characters along the way. And a lot of them are characters that Mr. Yeasta is just taking out. For reasons of, I can't remember exactly why. He's basically like a bounty hunter, I believe, character. He's got like a list of people that he wants dead. So, we'd get little plays on... Characters from cartoon past that um, I don't really want to give away. I want to see if they do end up popping up again in the future. I'll give them some mentions, but yeah, I noticed some little, oh, what do you call them? Little, uh, little giveaway things, a little. Little things you see in movies and TV and in books that are little special little pop-ups that re- reference something from the past. But yeah, that's a good size stack there. We'll end it with that. You can get to the health portion of the show after this. Let's see, do we have any weird, fun facts that we want to talk about let's see what they talk about here the strange statues of egypt in the egyptian desert there are two stone statues of a king who lived around 1300 bc the statues are 47 feet tall and weigh several hundred tons for a long time scientists wondered how the statues got to the desert now they think they know They believe the stones came from a place 440 miles away. First, the stones were put on large boats. The boats were pulled by large ships. Each ship was rowed along by 1,000 men. Then the stones were taken off the boats and dragged across the desert to where they still stand today. How many men did it take to drag the stones across the desert? Scientists say at least 15,000. How many of those are slaves? Probably all 15,000. Uh, in 1929, a man named Johnny Finn set a world record for a 100-yard race. Finn finished the race in 14.4 seconds. That may, may not sound that very may, that may not sound very fast, but it is when you know that the race was a sack race. In other words, Finn went 100 yards in 14.4 seconds with both his legs in a sack. Potato sack, probably. By 1974, the number of TV sets and radios in the world had passed 1 billion. Almost half of these TVs and radios, 417 million of them, 
we're in the United States. Of course, our fat asses are sitting watching most of the TV sets. The hummingbird is the only bird that can fly backwards. Huh. Never thought about it, but yeah, they do go forward and backward when they're eating sometimes. So yeah, I can see that. So yeah, some, some more fun little facts. But we'll end it there, and we'll get back to you with the health portion right after this. All right, let's do the health portion of the show. Let's see what we got here to talk about today. There's apparently heart medication, digoxin, D-I-G-O-X-I-N, that they say may help with remyelination in early studies. Another one of those remyelination things. These poor mice that... <laughs> They've been burning out and wondering if we're ever going to find one that actually works, but digoxin, an approved medication for certain heart conditions, promoted the repair of myelin, protective sheath around nerve fibers that is progressively lost in multiple sclerosis. In most models of the disease, the study reports, of course, we don't have no human studies. But you can try it with me. I'm on heart medications anyway, so just put me on that one to cover for other ones that I'm on. Just going to have to look it up, I guess. Let's see what it uh, relates to as far as my other heart medication. See if it's something I could just swap out and try it. See what happens since I got an MRI coming up in a few months. And we could take another one like six months down the road and see what happens. Combining digoxin with an experimental immune modulating therapy was more effective at promoting myelin repair or remyelination than either treatment on its own. They're planning a phase one trial of digoxin in MS patients. With currently approved disease modifying therapies. This looks like it's a new. Uh, newer report. I know the disease modifying therapy report that they're talking about is from June of 29th of 2022. But I don't see anywhere where it says which exact DMT that they used. And of course, they're not going to say until they find out whether or not it does do anything. But And they do, do talk about the only approved one for primary progressive is Ocrevus. And the sole approved therapy for non-active secondary progressive is Mitoxintrone. But I'm active secondary progressive MS, so... Yeah, they talk about everything from Avonix. Patazone or potassium, 
interferon beta 1b, Avon X is 1a, Copaxone, which is gladimer acetate, and these are all the different ones. They aren't saying exactly which one. They're just talking about selecting DMT. So that, we don't need to go through that. We know that there are a lot of DMTs out there, and you got to pick the one with your doctor that's the right one to work for you. But I'd like to know more about this. Uh, this is obviously a newer study, so we're going to have to keep an eye out for it, but I will watch for it. Uh, one such screening suggested that digoxin, a medication approved for heart failure and irregular heartbeat, may have remyelination promoting properties. It's sold under the brand name Lenoxin or digoxin, also is available in generic forms. Uh, The researchers in the U.S. that first examined the medication's effect on oligodendrocytes, which are the cells chiefly responsible for making myelin in the brain and spinal cord. Experiments done in the lab dishes indicated that treating immature oligodendrocytes progenitor cells, OPCs, with digoxin promoted these cells to mature into myelin-making oligendrocytes. The next, they next tested digoxin administered via injections into the abdomen in two mouse models, chemically induced myelin loss or demyelination in both models. Treatment with digoxin robustly increased remyelination and this increase was accompanied by a raise in mature oligendrocytes counts. So yeah, it looks like it could be a promising possibility, but I'm going to have to see if there's any way, shape, or form that I could add this to my, uh, my current regimen of heart-related medications and stuff and see if they'd allow me to change them up a little bit and try that out. But I'll have to see. Uh, Exergaming is becoming more and more popular for people that are disabled to help with exercise. Uh, It's... They have enough gaming devices and adaptable devices now that you can wear and use that cause you to actually do movement and between the virtual reality exer games they have immersive video games who play whose play involves actual physical exercise and movement uh, it may be better than conventional exercise at easing certain symptoms of ms such as balance and upper limb fun- function And I would think it would have help with cognitive function. Because you're using your brain to solve puzzles while at the same time you're doing movements to get through those puzzles. And I think forcing yourself to combine all those aspects together, you're going to 
be better off in the long run and it's way way more fun playing a video game and working out than it is actually working out in my opinion some people are obsessed with working out and enjoy it i just can't get into enjoying it without having some type of other reason behind it like it being a video game the br setups nowadays are wonderful they uh the games play beautifully you feel immersed into the game uh, i've only tried a couple but they definitely felt like i was in them and then with walking around you gotta have the room around to physically move without running into things and damaging stuff because you can't see what the hell you're doing once you got the goggles on so you got to have an environment that you're not going to hurt yourself in so make sure you got plenty of room in that environment they do have standing cages now they're kind of like all all direction treadmill bases so you can run and you're strapped in at your waist and you can run walk jump do whatever carry a weapon all that stuff and you're not running around your living room or wherever running into things you're locked into a kind of like a mini trampoline sized device with like a ring area around your waistline and uh, different types of support straps that you wrap yourself into and then you're just on that device and the base of it has a treadmill style floor that goes in every direction so it doesn't matter if you turn or twist or go straight or go left go right whatever you're the base is going to go with you so you're not going to rip your ankle up and trying to turn when you're on a device that doesn't turn and they even even the old school ones i mean the early xbox had the little exercise bar or sensor bar that you could just set on the counter at at the base of your tv and it read the room and got your physical a somewhat decent physical uh scan of your body and then every movement you make it pretty much did a decent enough job to catch your movements that you could play a good variety of games that they came out with at first but then they fell off that and we lost it until the vr came out but you can still get your hands on some of those and there are enough games out there for those that yeah you could have a good variety of different monthly workouts that you could set up between all those different games they had the sports games the, the basic uh battle games the games where you got things flying at you and you gotta hit them and stuff like that fruit ninja even when you're taking the, your hands on the sword and slicing fruit up and stuff you're constantly moving so it's it's a workout i know i felt it and i tried a good variety of those games back in the day and i 
still have some of them, but I don't have my original Xbox anymore, so. But I, I hope to get a VR unit, hopefully within the next year. I wanted to get one last year, but I found out that you had to have a smartphone, and so I finally recently got a smartphone, so now I'm finally advanced enough that I could get a VR unit and try some of those games and see how well I can keep up with them and what kind of workout you can get out of them. Uh, and then VR, yeah, VR gaming and stuff. I think it would also be great for not only your cognitive issues and exercising and your uh, balance and gait issues. I think it would also help with some pain and fatigue issues along the way. And as you got more and more mobile, it would definitely help you with your, when you're out and about getting around and stuff and Anything to help us make us a little bit more physical without as much pain would be wonderful. And if I could do it in a way that I'm playing a video game and enjoying it, why not? Uh, the VR gaming platforms that are out there now, you have your Oculus and all that stuff, but Xbox Plus Connect, they have, they have the new Xbox with some Microsoft uh, VR gaming, the Nintendo Wii has a variety of things. Even the Nintendo Wii, the old basic one back in the day, just doing the bowling games and stuff. You're standing, you're using your arm movements, you're bending and stuff, flexing. Those help a little bit for a nice, mild workout. And among the studies, exercise programs were quite variable generally involving 20 to 30 20 to 60 minute sessions given over three to ten weeks for a total of nine to 40 sessions so the researchers examined that data and the outcomes with issues such as balance upper limb function cognitive fatigue depression quality of life between vr extra gaming and conventional exercise groups Patient satisfaction and program adherence were also assessed. And general data showed that VR extra gaming is comparable and even superior to conventional exercise in almost every measure of MS rehabilitation that the study evaluated. And I, I can see that because you're not doing the same repetitive moves over and over. I mean, you are, if you're getting your ass kicked and you got to keep replaying a certain stage of a game. But other than that, the games work you around so many different ways. I mean, you're getting, constantly changing up your routine and your body's not getting that same plain Jane repetitive workout that it would if you're following some type of exercise program. Uh, five of the seven studies that evaluated balance found exergaming superior to conventional exercise. 
whereas two of the four assessing changes in upper limb function, including dexterity and speed of hand-arm movement, found exergaming to be superior. And I think that would enhance our hand and eye movement because when that's like 90% of the stuff you're doing on the game anyways. So I think that would make that help better also. So, yeah. I suggest playing video games. Why not? If it's something you enjoy, do it. Get benefits from it. And be happier. <laughs> Maybe you'll work out longer because you're enjoying what you're doing instead of just doing the same repetitive routine every week. And yeah, you might change it up from day to day, but every week you're doing that same routine of days and same segments and movements. That can get really boring. So let's see some 10 best at home exercises for multiple sclerosis. And we probably went through this one before. It's like, while it can feel like a ton of effort to get up and move, doing so every day, even for just 10 minutes, can help. That movement can include anything like sitting in your chair and stretching, practicing yoga, tai chi, or pilates, or getting up for a 30-minute walk. What you want to look out for, however, is not doing so much that you're super tired the next day. You don't want to overdo it. And listen to your body. Once you start feeling that stress on your body, stop. Don't keep going and injuring something. Then you're laid up for a few weeks and you got to start fresh. Start all over, which we all know it hurts <clears throat> way worse every time you restart than it would to just keep going. Start out slow, progress gradually, and move according to how you feel. And when your body says, hey, I'm tired, I'm sore, listen to it. Don't overdo it. Uh, yeah, I think the, we did go through these, but the basics. I mean, you got cat-cow. You basically get on your hands and knees, all, four, all fours position with your shoulders over your wrist. And your knees under your hips, inhale as you arch your back, lifting your tailbone, head and chest. Exhale as you round your back, tucking your chin to your chest and drawing your belly button up towards your spine. Just keep repeating it. It's a great flex for that back area. Many of us have to deal with sciatic and stuff. Keep that area stretched out because it sucks when sciatica kicks in then you're like oh shit now i gotta fight through this and try and work it out plus using all the heating pads and ice and whatever else massagers and trying to break it loose it's better just to stay ahead of the game you can do cat and cow just do it get on all fours early in the morning if you're able and just get it out of the way you can do the next one while laying in bed if you want it's called bridge just begin by lying on your back on the floor or mat or on your bed with your knees bent and feet flat on the floor and your arms down by your sides. It can be harder on a really super soft bed, so you may have to get on the floor on a yoga mat or something. 
but squeeze your buttocks and raise your hips off the floor to form a bridge. Hold for a few breaths and slowly lower back down and repeat. Just a nice good stretch. Another great one for that sciatica region. Keep that lower back stretched out. It can also aggravate this sciatica too if you do it too much. So listen to your body, listen to your back, and do not overdo it. Yeah, pelvic tilt. You can begin by sitting straight up in a chair with your arms down by your sides and relaxed. Look straight ahead with your head, shoulders, and hips in one straight line. Take a deep breath in to fill your lungs fully. Then slowly exhale and pull your stomach muscles in. Slowly curving your pelvis under you and pushing your lower back into the back of the chair. You should form a C-curve position with your spine. And hold this for three to five seconds. Then slowly inhale to straighten your lower back and pelvis back into one straight line and repeat the movement. A nice one you can do in the chair. Another one you can do in a chair is the front arm raise. Just begin by sitting straight up in a chair. And you can do this on the end of your bed too. In the morning, some of these. Uh, arms down by your sides and relaxed. Look straight ahead with your head, shoulders, and hips in one straight line. Extend your arms straight out in front of you to shoulder height. Palms facing down. Then lower back down to your sides and repeat. There's overhead arm raises. Again, begin by sitting straight up in a chair. Arms down by your sides and relaxed. Look straight ahead with your head, shoulders, and hips in one straight line. Slowly raise your arms overhead. Biceps in line with the ears. Palms facing away from you. Keep your elbows and wrists straight and shoulders relaxed away from your ears and lower your arms back down to the sides and repeat there's side arm raises where you begin by sitting straight up in a chair arms down by your sides and relaxed look straight ahead with your head shoulders and hips in one straight line slowly raise your arms out to the sides to shoulder height palms facing down Lower your arms back down to your sides and repeat. And these are all wonderful sitting position exercises. You can do you can do these at work. You can do them on your bed. You can do them in your living room. You can do them at the kitchen table. I mean, there's just so many ways you can do these exercises when you're able to sit in a chair or sit at the end of the bed. There's wrist flexion. This is a good one to do like at a kitchen table or something or your desk. Begin by sitting straight up in a chair, arms down by your sides and relaxed. Look straight ahead with your head, shoulders, and hips in one straight line. Hold a rolling pin, umbrella, or one pound weight in each hand to start. Place your forearms on a table in front of you, palms facing down. Lift the object by extending your wrist, pulling your hands towards you. Keep your forearms on the table. Lower back down and repeat. It's a great way to build our wrist and forearms because, as we know, many of us have problems with picking things up and dropping them. Uh, there's forearm rotation. Or, again, 
You begin by sitting straight up in a chair, arms down by your sides and relaxed. Look straight ahead with your head, shoulders, and hips in one straight line. Hold a rolling pin umbrella or a one-pound weight to start or something that's just a newspaper that's rolled up. I mean, anything that's you can hold that's round in, in your hand. Vertically in one hand, palm facing inward and forearm on a table in front of you. Keeping your forearm in contact with the table, rotate your forearm outward, bringing the object towards the table. Raise the object back up towards center and as far as possible inward towards the table. Repeat alternating sides and moving slowly to keep the object from flopping. Switch hands and repeat. And then there's sit to stand. Begin by sitting tall in a chair on the couch or on a bench or on your bed. Look straight ahead with your head, shoulders, and hips in one straight line. Place your hands on your knees and push down through your hands as you simultaneously push through your feet to stand up tall. Push your buttocks and hips back as you slowly sit back down. Hands coming back on your knees and repeat. And then there's side leg raises where you begin by standing with your feet slightly apart, weight evenly distributed on both feet. Lift your right leg out to the side, keeping your knee straight and toes pointing forward and hold. Slowly lower back down and repeat. Then switch legs and repeat. And do it until you start to feel a little like you got a workout and don't overdo it. And you'll be a lot happier. Your body's at least getting a little flexation and movement every day. Those are nice, simple exercises. And yes, I know many of us with MS, there is no such thing as simple exercises. You do feel every movement. You feel everything that's going on. But sometimes that's a good thing. Your body needs that. It needs to be flexed in ways that it doesn't get flexed if we're just sitting still, stagnant, not getting any movement. So you got to get at least a little movement out of your day. So if you can at least do one, two, three, or all of those exercises a few days a week or whatever, or every day, do one a day or something, at least you're getting some type of movement. And those are some fun ways to do it. I'd suggest a couple other ones to throw in would be ones to help you with feet stretches because with not moving as much, you can have ankle, heel, foot problems. And with our spasticity issues, that can go into our feet. So I like to do, oh, when I'm sitting, I like to, I got a tennis ball and a handball that I have next to my chair. I can put those under my feet and roll them in the center of my foot. I roll them on my heel too to work that area, but I like to stretch that tendon in the center of the foot so my plantar fasciitis doesn't act up. I haven't had it act up in years since I started doing these things. I don't do them regularly, but I do them randomly, and I need to do them regularly, but if I'm not feeling the pain, my stupid lazy ass just doesn't do much. 
except for random things. So I gotta gotta get on a better run with it. But another wonderful one is just stand straight, hands at your side, or hands on a wall, or hands on a chair, or whatever, just to help you balance yourself until you get better balance. And then just lift up on your tippy toes and hold it, and then slowly come back down to a flat foot and then raise back up on your tippy toes and hold it again. That's a great stretch for your feet. It will help with that plantar fiasis tendon and stuff. And another wonderful one is just put your, go get your face towards a wall, a few inches off the wall, stand back from it. Put the tip of your toe up on the wall, your heel of your toe on the floor at about a 45 degree angle and just put pressure against it and kind of stretch that muscle. That's a good one also. And then if you have any rubber bands or if you see a physical therapist, just mention rubber bands and they will usually give you a couple sets of nice different weighted rubber bands, different thicknesses for different, uh, different types of pressures to pull against. And take those home and you can use those to do sidewalking exercises to strengthen your legs and knees. And uh, you can do pulley exercises, all kinds of different exercises with those straps. So ask your physical therapist if you end up seeing one. Usually they'll give you a couple exercises anyways that start you out with straps and they give them to you anyways the first day a lot of times, but... I'm out of time, so I'm going to end it here. Check out Crimson Call Comic Club. Check out Under the Call. Check out Under the Call of MS. Audio, video, YouTube, we're everywhere nowadays. We're getting there. We're going to be all over the place by the new year. And we're coming up to our 500th episode. So be good. Take care of yourself. Be good to everybody else. And we will talk to you again soon. Bye.